Hey, beautiful people. This is your girl. I'm a success. Your MC with a golden voice. And welcome to my podcast. Now, Umami Conversation is here to share minds and other creatives' life's experience in order to shift our perspective to reach the best versions of ourselves. Get ready as we dive into these yummy, savory, thought-provoking conversations. Yo, what's up, beautiful people? Yes, this is Umami Conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Today, 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 I got my girl here with me, Jamila, up in this place, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what's up, what's up, Jamila? Um, thank you for joining us in this uh, episode. Um, we're about to have a very savory, juicy, mod- mod- my mouth, oh Lord, I'm losing my words. Mouth watering <laughs> conversation today. Um, but Jamila, before we, we get into that, do you mind just telling our beautiful listeners who you are, where you're from, what you're doing up in this world? What kind of beauty are you showing up as? What kind of beauty am I showing up as? That's a deep question off the bat, just like that. Hello, yo, how are you? Deep I, question. Yo, my mind is just like, <laughs> we're giving it to them raw, man. <laughs> I just didn't expect all of that just now. Like, I just, I just got up from a nap. Okay. <laughs> mm. um, what beauty am I putting into the world? Um... My type of beauty is like to see, to see the, the beauty in the ugliness, like constantly trying to find that silver lining, that thing that even if circumstances seem horrendous, there is something to learn from it and something that shows us human resilience and uh, empathy and love. And so... Sometimes the worst things happen for the best reasons, you know. Wow. So that's how I try to put forth beauty in the world. Um, who am I, I guess? Well, I'm just, I'm a 35-year-old black woman, specifically. Yes. I am Muslim of religious background. Um, what would I say about, I'm half Kenyan, half Rwandese. Mm. So um, the I kind of feel like I'm Canadian in in certain kinds of ways, but you know, when you were raised with uh, immigrant parents, mm. there's never really a way for you to believe that you are part of this community. <laughs> you are always othered, even by them. So. Mm. It's funny you say that because um, last episode, uh, just before this one, we spoke to my girl named Kabasiji. And um, in, the, in the beginning of the convo, I asked her that same question. And one of the things that she said was that it's kind of hard for her. It's been, it's been a struggle for a very long time because she's Ugandan. And like her parents raised her in Canada, but as if they were in Uganda. So it's like, it has always been like a confusing thing for her where it's like, okay, what am I? Like, am I, am I Canadian? Am I Ugandan? <laughs> like, it's really hard to make the, the, especially as a child to like kind of differentiate both of them. Like you go to school, they teach you one thing and then you go home and then it's another thing. Right. So I guess mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an, it's an immigrant thing. I think that's what I mentioned. I think it's like an immigrant family thing where it's like, they want to keep our parents want to keep, um, our cultural values 
mm-hmm. you know, and and identity, and, and like that is a very an identity, like identity. Because if your kid doesn't identify with who you are and your values and your tribe, then basically you brought them here so they can be among these people and no longer part of your people. And that's too heartbreaking for a lot of parents. So they, they, in a way, it's like a weird kind of dynamic where in a way they tell you that you're not of that ilk. Like you can never be really a Rwandese or really a Kenyan or in your case, really a Ghanaian. Uh, because you don't know the real thing and then in the same breath tell you that this is you're their blood therefore you must be on and you're like <laughs> which one is it mama like am right. i aren't i like mm-hmm. but isn't that confusing am, it's 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 very confusing it's like what do you want from us right like what is it and not only that you're mad that i am not associating with the limited amount of people who come from my country rather than the biggest populace that there is here <laughs> right what are you talking about that numbers are against you literally though but you're a parent too and Mm -hmm. being a parent what is what is your take on that like how are you raising your children i'm not attached specifically okay i'm not attached specifically to the identity of being like i attach importance to the traditions and the values and the culture that is that is that is within my ancestry but i have no emotional baggage with it Mm. you know like the things i like about my culture i will implement and the things i do not like or cannot it doesn't make sense here you know what i'm saying like i won't implement those and because i have no emotional attachment to it it's very easy for me to disassociate i'm just kind of like i don't like this i like that i don't like this i like that just the same way as every religion has come here to do that. Like everyone had their culture. Christianity came here and did a certain kind of thing, mm-hmm. but like that, that didn't necessarily negate people's culture. Like you can be Latino and Catholic, you can be, you know, Ghanaian uh, and Ashanti and still be uh, Christian. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't strip. You just take the things that from that your culture mm-hmm. and remove like the things that, you know, are kind of against your beliefs. So, Mm. I feel like that's the same thing that I've done with my culture. If I don't, if it doesn't make sense here, like I'm not applying that shit, you know, like, do I think it's important for my children to have respect for me? Sure. Do I think that I can beat them within an inch of their lives and all they have to say to me is like, thank you for giving birth to me. Like, not. I'm not, I'm not taking that out. I mean, you take some, you leave some, you know, at the end of the day. And at the, uh, and one of the things also I believe is that you, you make your own identity after everything they've given you and after everything that you've learned, you get to a point in your life where you're just like, yo, this is me. This is what I represent. And that's it. And then you, you and feel that, that. I think it's a little strange for them to want, for me, for them to want me to identify as one of them, considering they're both of two different cultures. <laughs> like, where did you think I was going to land? <laughs> You, yours yours is a complicated one. <laughs> Both of my parents come from the same village, so I don't even have to like like struggle with that. You know what I mean? But it was it's anyways. I I think it's it's something that <laughs> when you think about it, it it could be a bit confusing. But I, for me, I've come to a place where I I embrace every Ghanaian part of me that I could embrace, and then the parts where I can't. Well, you know. <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> like life goes on and then whatever that i could transfer to my children mm-hmm. 
they'll get you know and just that's it and, and I, also i think that the most important things about our culture i think should be saved by like i understand if you're from whatever country like my dad's country my mother's country and there's less time for you to question why people are doing things right or like why this is important or why this is a right you have to go through mm. and me is almost like an observer i can question it and when i don't if i don't like the answer i can just say not nah, you it's know not for me. that's <laughs> yeah and that's not a luxury a lot of people have thank god you know like mm. i'm very blessed to have that you know um yeah. but uh I guess I, th- I don't know. I think that my identity is so forged within myself. I don't really. I've been an outsider in most things in my life. Like I'm not a full Rundis. I'm not a full Kenyan. I'm not a Canadian. I'm not um, whatever. Whatever the hell people wanted to say about me, <laughs> they did. So when you get real comfortable being the outsider, you just kind of like, you don't care about being an insider anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't seduce me like it used to. You know, like want to be one of them. Like, no. It's I like because you. You've gotten yeah. to a place where you you've accepted parts of you, right? Accepted that this is who you are. And I think we were just sharing this a few moments ago, where you mentioned that you've um, you're growing to know more of you or learning more about yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't mind, let's 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 start the conversation with with that, Jamila, because it was getting very juicy, but we weren't recording yet. So I was like, hold on that thought. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that um, vulnerability is something that like needs to be retaught to black women like specifically like i believe that i think that we've been taught to deal with much less because we are strong um i don't want to be that kind of strong i don't want to deal with less because i can handle it like what yeah that's like, been the story but the point is is that when your men are dying because of war and you have to deal with it because those are the circumstances you're affronted with, um, you dealing with it, taking care of your kids and running, that's, yeah, that's something that is commendable. But should we put her in a situation where she has to act like her man died when her man is very much alive? Mm. Like, he's very much alive. He's just not contributing. Mm. Could you could you elaborate on that, please? I'm, I mean, what 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 do you mean by that? Like, I'm not. Well, sure I mean, I understand. Okay. okay, so we're just going to talk about American statistics because I don't think that um, Canadian statistics resonates as strongly as American statistics. But they say for like uh, the black woman in America mm. is more educated than any other populace in America. Mm-hmm. More educated, more successful, more university graduates than any other demographic right right <clears throat> and the black man is in in is in a how do you call it in a state of like the complete opposite is the mm-hmm. complete other side of the spectrum right mm-hmm. and a lot of the time people like say things like oh you know you just have to deal with the regular guy like why do you feel the need that you should like they tell black women to settle themselves or settle mm-hmm. down or just not take as much as 
because you know you can handle it like you can be a single mother mm-hmm. other people cannot you can mm-hmm. be because you know you're mm-hmm. strong like i literally saw on my facebook page a little like 14 13 year old girl being slammed by a police officer on the floor in florida mm-hmm. like this this is okay yeah like just the way sometimes people talk about how little black girl like they sexualize little black girls they literally i think there's a study that talks about when uh most children are sexualized and like like they were saying that a child a black girl Mm -hmm. is going to be sexualized by the time she is five years old five years old crazy bro like anyways the whole point is what i was getting back to is that the trope of the strong black woman for me is something that has been used to oppress us um be it by like black men or whatever society has made it this kind of how do you call it like this medal of honor like oh look Mm -hmm. at that strong black woman Mm -hmm. And look at all the shit we're giving her to prove that she's a good woman. Like, I don't think that a woman needs to prove her strength by putting her through suffering. Yeah, yeah. It it, it is something that's really hard to grasp and, and, and understand as a woman and also being Black, being African. Um, this is something that our parents, I, I like, let's bring it home, like our mothers. Uh, we sit down and we look at our mothers and... We just look at all of the things that they they had to endure coming here and raising us. We see that. And then for me, for instance, it was something that was like, oh, shoot, man, like I, I have to like do the hustle. I have to go through the hustle and the bustle and, and this and to show that I can. And I'm that yo, <laughs> I got into a car accident, Jamila in 2013 because I was hustling and bustling and, and trying to be that, that strong woman. I had just come out of a divorce and I was literally losing myself. But then I started working a lot. I was doing like two, three things at the same time. After that car accident, I told myself me overwork myself. I'm done. Like I, I, I was so like, why, why is it that I have to get to a place where I almost lose my life before I realize that this way that I'm going, this facade or this, this, um, I don't know, like this, this, this thing that I want to portray that, you know, I could do battle by myself, just no longer works for me. Like it's, 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 it's irrelevant at this point. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I no longer want that title. I just want to be. And it does nothing for you anyway. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It, it really doesn't. And, and it breaks my heart. Like personally, when it comes to even like being vulnerable as a black woman, that's something that it's, it's recently like the last few years where I'm really, really doing my best to explore um, this thing, being vulnerable and really being okay with hurting being okay with resting being okay with not wanting to go to work <laughs> as simple as that being okay with did you feel guilty before day- yeah of course i jamila i never took a day off i've been working from the age of 15 from the age of 15 at mcdonald's i never ever and worked and worked i never took time off why? Until, 
because I never saw anybody around me do it. All I saw my parents do was work, 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 work. So I thought this was what you had to do. And then if you take a time off or day off, you're considered like, you're lazy. not, yeah, you're lazy or you're not like a, a you're not a good um, uh, employee or whatnot. Like it was hard for me on days I had to, it was, it was hard, but it comes back to this whole being black trying to prove yourself all the time that yes i am i'm able and yes i am strong and yes i have all the superpowers in the world no i saw i think i had like the same it had these such uh, the adverse effect for me when i look at how much my mom did and like i was just like i'm never fucking doing this mm. like this is too much like she took on way too much in my eyes way too much like Nabi, like if we're partners, we're partners. That means that you pull your weight too. Um, and I don't, I like it might make it sound some type of way, but like my dad went to work, but then everything else was left up to my mom, and I was just like, yeah. I don't see how that's really contributing. But okay, <laughs> like yeah. you know, saying things like I'm gonna help your mother, like you live here too. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? Yeah, like you gotta do the work too, right? So yeah. then. So then, like, how do you get to a place where, as a Black woman, not even only as a Black woman, let's just put the, your, your faith as a Black Muslim woman, you get to this place where you are, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable. What areas do you allow yourself to be vulnerable? What, what how, do you, how, how do you flow so that the other women, that the, the next woman could actually see that vulnerability in you and know that it's okay, right? Because it's, I think it's something that it has to start by one and then yeah. it becomes like a ripple effect. And then mm. we all realize that, oh, okay. So this is safe. Like I could do this thing. I could just <laughs> let my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> you know i can cry about and be frustrated and like mm. it's not um it's not a display of weakness like i think it took a very long time for a good like a circle of friends of mine to like cry around each other yeah and when i thought about it i was just like why is it that we're hiding that we're sad like it's clear if you're friends enough with someone they know mm. when you're sad so why are you like what is this hiding thing what is why is it that we can't cry with each like not that i'm saying we're having a crying festival together but i'm just saying like if you're sad why don't you feel safe enough to come and cry here in front of me we can discuss it i can make you feel better i can comfort you why do i why do you have to live your sadness by yourself I think like sometimes yeah no go ahead go ahead I mean, it's like sometimes some people want to be by themselves mm -hmm. and there's some people who don't feel like they're ever going to get that company. And I feel mm -hmm. like we have a culture of never believing that that is the right thing. And I want to pull in my friends and my sisters and my people and say like, oh, you want to cry? You fucking cry. You want to mm -hmm. smash a brick across a window? Let's do that. Because you mm -hmm. know what? We are human beings. I bleed. Mm -hmm. It hurts. I'm scared. Like, mm. why is that a psychotic thing for a black woman to say? I mean, don't we have any more reason than most to be scared? Yeah. Yeah, we do. And it's, it's what we've been taught. 
very unfortunately it's what we've been taught in the house and you know especially like when you talk about yeah we talk about women but especially even when you talk about like men boys you know there's this Ghanaians there's this thing that they say when when little boys start to cry like um I'm trying to translate this like uh, like boys don't cry you know like we like you're a man you don't cry you're not supposed to cry you're not supposed to do this so imagine just living your whole life like that living and hearing this thing in your mind every single day come it becomes part of you it becomes part of like it it, it grows in your dna and you feel like oh no crying is a negative thing and we associate crying with like negativity not understanding yeah. that crying is an emotion that is supposed to actually come out of us it is it is it, it is releases you yes yeah. it is a release and it's important to release that's why a lot of times i think we have a lot of angry men out there a lot of angry fathers out there because they, they they haven't been given that chance and that opportunity to actually just release yeah. just let it out like and also the only emotion that is allowed for men is anger so no sometimes they don't even know if they're sad angry all of that because it's all they've only expressed anger and that's the only one that they've they haven't gotten any like bad feedback in the true sense of the word you know um i i just think it's like disturbing because i don't want to be i want i want people when people are like oh i don't want a guy to treat me like a woman i want a man to treat me like a woman i'm a fucking woman like it the way you wouldn't talk like you know how people are like at work i want you to treat me like a man i don't want you to consider that i'm a woman and that there's certain ways you can talk to men and there's certain ways that you can talk to women and that's like i don't care what culture you come from men and women communicate differently okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's just a fact like right there exactly so like I don't have this, um, like, I feel like that's why I say to a lot of people, I would never consider myself a feminist because yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't adhere to all of the, if essentially, like when people say, what's a feminist? A feminist is just a woman who wants the same rights that a woman has, uh, that a man, a man has, has, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that's the true definition of feminism, fine, I'm a feminist. But all the other things that come with feminism, I'm not about that life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be treated like there's some conditions that you have to accept that that men and women have indifferences i don't believe mm-hmm. that that limits your ability but mm-hmm. it doesn't change the fact that we're different like we're not mm-hmm. the same <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. literally how a woman's brain goes and how a man's brain grows how like it's how the neurons are mapped out on your on the head or something i'm like there's a reason yeah like there's a female brain there's a male, male brain, brain. Yeah. There's certain ways we process things. And right. like when people start ignoring the rules of like how men and women used to interact, like people are like, oh, Jamila, you're so aggressively like, um, I believe that in a lot of circumstances, men and women shouldn't be around each other, like really around each other. And the, I feel like we always progress better when we're separate. And like, unless you're like getting married, like, Elaborate on that. This is very interesting. What do you mean you don't believe that men and women should be together? And that's a wrap. Ooh, this conversation was giving me all type of vibes. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you come back next week for part two. And don't forget, follow, subscribe, share, like, comment, leave your reviews. 
and do all of them good stuff that you need to do in order to help Umami Conversation become one of the most listened to podcasts out there. So guys, until next week, we out. Stay blessed. Stay Gucci.